Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. Hey y'all, this is the Funky Farm Girl, episode 21, Seed Saving. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, and I'm so glad you're here with me this week. Let me give you an update first on what's happening around our homestead. This week is our first week of school, so we have finally begun our classes. The girls are doing pretty well. We're making some adjustments to our schedule. We're getting used to getting up earlier even as homeschoolers we don't sleep the day away we still get up and we get our work done so we have as much free time in the afternoon as we can Um, so I think all the girls are enjoying their classes and settling into their new routine and I am also settling into new routines so excited about the first week of school We also, this weekend, consolidated all the chickens into one run. Um, I did some stuff on the Insta stories this week about that on Saturday, but I didn't get up any final pictures because it was so late when we finally got it done. So be sure to check out my Instagram this week for updated pictures of all the chickens together. So we now have our six leghorns in with our four golden girls and our black copper moran hazel and our four little black chicks that are now about eight weeks old so the big thing at our house is when are the golden girls going to start laying they are right at 19 and a half weeks and between 18 and 20 is when you usually get your first eggs so we are excited for the four girls to begin laying along with the leghorns and that will give us anywhere from five to ten eggs a day which we're super excited about so this week i wanted to talk about seeds i wanted to talk about why you should save them how to do it and then a little bit about planting seeds ourselves um, on a personal note So this time of year, as we finish out the summer harvest and slow down the garden, hopefully doing some fall planting, it's also a time to start thinking about saving seeds to plant next spring. So why would we want to do that? As you're pulling stuff out of the garden and you're harvesting the big beautiful tomatoes and cucumbers and squash and all those things why would you want to take the time to save seeds when you could just buy them from the store number one it saves money Uh, buying seeds is really less expensive than buying plants 
um, starter plants from the store absolutely I saved a lot of money by doing that this year especially because I bought seeds over time and didn't wait until spring to get them I ordered um, a category of seeds each month one month I ordered all of my tomato seeds one month I ordered all my brassica seeds one month I ordered all the melons that I wanted to do um, so from a budget standpoint that was a great idea but this year I'm saving as many seeds as I can because saving seeds from this year's harvest is basically free so even as inexpensive as buying seeds is saving seeds is is free so um number one reason is it saves money number two it ensures you have what you want to plant next year there's a lot of talk in the gardening community right now about a possible seed shortage in the spring because one we've just had a crazy wonky year with um with gardens and the weather and things have just been really weird and so a lot of people's harvests are way different than normal and number two there's been an increase exponentially in the demand for seeds and starters and all those kinds of things so um there's really um a belief that that combined with the impact of COVID-19 shipping issues is going to mean that the usual supply is going to be even less than usual. Um, so being proactive and saving seeds from the things that you grow, at least making sure that your basics are covered, um, would be a really wise, wise thing to do. And the third reason the seeds that you harvest from your produce are perfectly adapted to your climate. So when you go to buy seeds online or you buy them in the store, those seeds are generally adapted for whatever country you live in. So here in the U.S., if you buy broccoli seeds or um, cabbage seeds or marigolds or whatever it is chamomile calendula cucumber cantaloupe they are they pick the one that grows the best overall in general for all of the different zones but if you take those seeds and you plant them in your area in your soil in your specific climate and you grow fruit that has adapted to the climate that it's growing in and then you take seeds from that adapted fruit and you save those and you plant those next year those seeds are already adapted to your climate and to your soil even more than the seeds that you would have bought at the store and so not only does that give you a greater chance of success but it gives you a greater chance at larger, healthier, more beautiful produce as a result from that. They're going to perform better than seeds that are developed just for major climate areas in general. So, now that we've talked about why, let's explore how to save some seeds. It's fairly simple. You're going to pick the, the item you're going to scoop out or 
the seeds from something that has seeds inside of it or maybe you might dry something until the seeds are ready to fall out of it and then you you make sure the seeds are fully dry you put them in an envelope and you keep them in a cool dry place until next season that's the overall process it's very very simple you could definitely get into a a long rabbit trail of whether or not it is an open pollinated variety whether or not it is an f1 hybrid and whether or not it will produce true to seed and all those types of things but really the focus in doing this especially this year is will it produce food so you may have for example i have a tomato that is ripening right now on my on my windowsill that grew with the rest of my amish paste but somehow was crossed with the purple russian vine right across from it and so i have a purple roma tomato Um, i could take seeds from that and i could plant it i have no idea what the tomato that produces from that would look like it could be larger like a like a purple russian it could be a large red tomato it could turn out to be a deeper purple roma tomato Um, really don't have any idea the specific character qualities of that tomato but i do know that it would grow a tomato and i do know that i can eat tomatoes and so for this year that is simple enough for me Um, will i get ones get seeds from ones that are obviously crossed probably not Um, that won't be one that i will save seeds from i'll do my best to save seeds from things that i know are a pure form or a true type but i'm not going to stress about whether or not it's an open pollinated or hybrid variety and whether or not it will produce true to form Um, i'm worried about producing food for next year and so um, there's a lot that you can learn about the hybrids and the open pollinated versus not and those types of things and um, Jess from Roots and Refuge Farms is a great resource she's taught me what I know about seed saving and so I will put a link to her YouTube channel and the video that she does on saving seeds and the ins and outs of that particularly if you need a visual to go along with our chat today but for this year especially i just want to emphasize don't worry about all those small details this year we are focused on saving seeds to produce food and if you can still eat it then it's still a valuable seed even if it may be a cross or not exactly true to type to what you were thinking it would be so keeping that in mind let's go over some things that we want to remember when we're saving seeds number one you need to harvest seeds from fully mature fruits and vegetables you don't want to pick puny little carrots um, or tiny little cucumbers or a tomato that's only half grown and is kind of funky looking and you want the biggest ripest most mature things that you can find on your vines 
For example, we had some okra um, on two of our plants that was a little bit hidden from me that I didn't see on Saturday morning. I don't normally pick on Sunday. And then I went out there Monday evening because I had been delayed. And when I went out there, there's these huge okra pods that are longer than my hand. And if you know anything about okra, when they get really big like that, they get very fibrous and woody and they're not very good to eat. However, those are going to have the biggest, most mature seeds of all the okra that I would pick from that plant. And so for those two okra, I made sure to scrape the seeds out of those and I used the seeds from those to dry to save for next year's planting so they weren't wasted the rest of the plant the rest of the fruit went into my compost bucket and will go right back into my soil um, but those seeds I was able to save those and uh, put them aside for next year now I will say sometimes you're going to have fruit that produces really really large by accident for example if you have a zucchini that's kind of hiding in the leaves and by the time you find it it's like a small baseball bat um, or you may have a cucumber that gets fairly large um, or a tomato but sometimes um, you may grow a specific fruit on your vine and say this one here I'm not going to pick I'm going to leave it so that it gets as big as it possibly can and as mature as it possibly can and then I'll pick it and I'll save the seeds from that and when you're saving seeds it doesn't mean that the the fruit or the vegetable itself is a total loss a lot of times you can still eat what the rest of the fruit or vegetable is without any problem um, some of the times you're even saving seeds that would just be discarded otherwise um, for example with my kajari melons I usually scoop the inside out and give it to my chickens so it's just that my biggest and most beautiful kajaris this year I scooped and saved the seeds from those and then the ones that were a little smaller and not quite as mature and beautiful those I gave the pulp from the inside of those to my chickens so harvest seeds from fully mature fruits and vegetables and the reasons you want to do that is because you want it to produce large beautiful fruit and vegetables and if you're starting out with really puny seeds from really puny plants and and produce you're not going to produce anything large and beautiful from that um, large and beautiful plants uh, produce will produce seeds that produce large and beautiful fruit so increase your odds of good produce by using fully mature fruits and vegetables number two if the seeds are wet within the produce for example with melons or okra or cucumber um, or if they have slime on them like from okra you want to scoop those out and put them into a jar with and cover them with some water um, so that there's enough room in the jar that the the seeds are covered but you have enough room to kind of pick it up and swirl it around um, 
and you want to leave that on your counter where you'll see it for about two or three days. And the reason for that is that you want those seeds to ferment and that protective coating that is surrounding each of those seeds will break down and slip off and then the seed will be separated from it. Then you can strain out those seeds and you put them on a paper towel or a coffee filter and you leave them out to dry and then once they're dry you save those seeds but it's really important that you remove that protective coating um, from that wet or slimy um, outer part of the seed so that it has a higher chance of germinating um, it can germinate with that on there but it's more difficult and especially if you're saving it for next year, you want to be sure to remove it because that has moisture in it. And it could also cause your seeds to mold and not be any good for next year. So um, that covers number three as well. Once you've soaked your wet seeds, you're going to want to put them on a paper towel or a coffee filter and let them dry completely. Um, for your dry seeds, you're going to scoop them out and put them on a paper towel or a plate and you let it dry completely um, I use my fingers to kind of mix it and stir it a few times a day to increase the airflow and help them to fully dry so I just run my hands through it and you know crumble it or whatever just to kind of get the air flowing between it um, there are some things like when my cilantro bolted and produced flowers where um, I cut the flowers and I left them to dry and once they dried they dropped seeds and I used those seeds um, to set aside to grow more cilantro next year um, so sometimes there's a flower to the plant like with carrots and cilantro and different herbs where you need to let it flower and you need to let that dry and then you need to let it release the seed and then you take those seeds and that's what you plant for the next year so um, the key though for number five is to make sure that all your seeds are fully dry you want to make sure there's no moisture left because you don't want it to mold or um, decompose in any kind of way you want it to be good and dry so that it will stay um, stay viable then you're going to take those and you're going to put them inside of a, an envelope or a Ziploc bag. Um, it's very easy to find um, little seed envelopes or things like that on Amazon. Or um, one of my friends on Instagram, Little House Living, has a printable seed packet that you can print out and put your seeds inside of and right on the outside what it is so I'll put a link to that in the show notes um, so very easy to find something to put them in but put them inside of an envelope or a Ziploc bag and then I keep those all inside of a larger Ziploc bag and I keep it in my freezer you're going to want to keep it in a cool dry place so it may be a freezer it may be in your pantry it may be in the refrigerator um, but keep it somewhere where it will stay cool and it will stay dry um, and then that way that it will stay fresh and it will last a lot longer 
I tend to, you also want to make sure that you label it well. You want to label the year of the harvest, um, when it was harvested, and the type of seed it is. Be as specific as you possibly can. If you know, um, like the heirloom, that it's a, it's not just a tomato. What kind of tomato is it? Is it a purple Russian? Is it an Amish paste? Is it a brandywine yellow? Make sure that you specify on there as much as possible that it's not just a cantaloupe it's an Athena cantaloupe it's not just a cucumber it's an English cucumber or a Boston pickling cucumber because they're very different and you want to make sure that when you go to plant it you know what to expect it to become it's also a great idea to do that because when you're doing seed exchanges or seed swaps um, with other friends who garden then you know exactly what you're sending them and you want them to have labeled well so that you know exactly what you're getting um, once I've stored them I tend to sort them into bags based on the time I would begin planting them so I have one Ziploc bag that is seeds that I start in early part of the year late January early February so that as soon as it's warm enough to begin putting out things like peas and radishes and carrots and things like that I have starters ready to go in the ground um, and then I have the direct sow spring seeds so then when I'm ready to plant those things um, it's all right there and I say okay these are the ones that go directly into the ground when I've passed the last frost date and then I have direct sow fall seeds that are things that I just can immediately plant as soon as I pull some of the summer stuff that has finished out and then I have seeds that I start in containers and then plant later in late summer for fall and winter planting so those general categories help me to sort what I have and keep up with when it would be planted there's a lot of times that I will take and dump all of them out and I will sort them by herbs here and melons here and brassicas here and tomatoes here and those types of things and especially when I'm getting ready to see how much can I get in the garden how much space do I have left sometimes I will just pull everything out and look at it and see is there anything else that I could stick in this little space over here to grow something for this season and last but not least if you didn't have a, a garden this year and you're thinking oh this episode doesn't really apply to me because I didn't get to grow anything this year or maybe you grew some things but it was just a bomb and it didn't go very well and you don't have anything that you're harvesting that you could save seeds from don't despair there is still hope that you can save seeds um, it's very easy to do the same things with produce you get at the store um, again not worrying about f1 hybrids and and open pollination and all those types of things uh, i am harvesting cantaloupe right now that i got from that i planted seeds from a cantaloupe i got last year at the local farm 
I don't know where it was grown. I don't know if it was a hybrid or open pollinated or heirloom or whatever. I know it's a cantaloupe and it is producing beautiful cantaloupe for me this year and I'm very happy about it. So don't worry about where it's from if you have to buy the produce at the store. I say do the best you can with the resources you have. If you can afford to do organic produce and harvest seeds from those to save for next year, that's wonderful. If you can do organic local produce, that's even better because again, those seeds are adapted to your area. But I say try at whatever level you're able to and do the best you can with what you have. It may be that you can only find commercial produce at the store and you're saving seeds from those. It may be that you have locally grown organic produce from the farm that you can use. It may be that you have locally grown organic produce in your backyard that you can save seeds from. The point is I want you to try to save some seeds. I want you to be ready for next spring and the possible seed shortages that are coming. And one other thing that I really want to share my heart with you today about when you open up a Kajari melon and inside that melon are close to 50 I would say probably even more than 50, probably closer to 100 seeds in one Kajari melon. Each one of those seeds produces a vine. Each one of those vines can produce several Kajari melons that each also have 100 or more seeds inside of them that can each produce more and more. I hope you see where I'm going with this. The potential growth is just explosive inside that one little seed. And seeds aren't the only thing that have potential explosive growth inside of them. We do too. The little thing that you have to share with the world is so important. And it's not just important to your family. And it's not just important to your friends or to your church. There are small things that the Lord has gifted us with that we can use and he can grow them exponentially. He can make our growth and our impact explosive if only we're willing to plant the seed. So I want you to think this week about what your seed is. Maybe it's a talent you have or a gifting. Maybe it's a natural bent towards hospitality. Maybe you love to create. Maybe you're really, really good at baking bread. Maybe you're a writer or you have a heart for the elderly and you do a really good job serving with them. Maybe it's just that you show up and you're really good at being the person that shows up over and over again, no matter what. Be willing to plant your seeds. Plant seeds of kindness. Plant seeds of encouragement. Plant seeds of purpose. 
Be willing to do the things, no matter how small they seem, that God has called you to do. And then trust Him for the explosive growth and the huge impact. Because He delights in doing just that. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted.